Off the ball. Cheering on the girls in green. I followed the Irish women since 1983. 82,000 people, that's going to be something else. There'll be a hell of a lot of Irish in that, and it'll be a hell of a game as well. Love off the ball, we really do love off the ball. OTB AM. The Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball. Turn our attention to hurling. Sarah O'Donovan, good morning to you. How are you? I'm great. Revel County's looking great. Big World Cup day tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Uh, jersey on as well. Love yeah, this. Yeah. What is the jersey? 2002 um, Under-19 Championships. So Sue Ronan, who you'll have on later, gave me the nod that year. I haven't worn it since. These are Excel lads. These are massive. <laughs> I can't believe they let us run around in these. They're ridiculous. Uh, I did not know you were in a, an Ireland underage uh, international. Uh, yeah, briefly, three caps. Yeah, from Sue. So, another, there you go. Another sickening multi-talented. Uh, I've no ACL left, lads. Just remember, you can you can overdo these things. Well, I was going to, you know, uh, if if I was to tap you on the shoulder as a 16-year-old and go, it's going to cost you your ACL, but this is going to be your career. You'd have been like, yeah, absolutely. Here you go. Here you go. <laughs> um, a quick word on Vicky Wall. Uh, it looks like she's going to be joining the Ireland Sevens. Somebody in our comments is making the point that the current Ireland Sevens captain won an All-Ireland with Wicklow. Uh, so it can be done. I just want to get this fact correct. Oh, I've lost the current captain of the Sevens, according to Andy Connolly, has an All-Ireland medal at Wicklow and was poached after that. So it's definitely doable. It would be a remarkable story for like the totemic figure of the Mead team that came up from intermediate to senior to then go to Australia to then ultimately end up if she makes it to Paris for the Olympics that's one of the all-time great Irish sports careers I have to agree with you she is a generational talent and I suppose Louise Galvin from Kerry you know was in with the rugby sevens for a long time before she went back to Kerry this season or last season I think certainly it's a massive opportunity and I think one Vicky will Will, will deliver on um, I won't be surprised if she makes that final team Let's talk hurling you've um, you've picked 15s that you expect to start or would they be the 15s that you would start? Both Right <laughs> So we'll start with Limerick right it's Nicky Quaid it's Mike Casey Dan Marcy Barry Nash it's Dimmer Burns it's Willow Donoghue and Kyle Hayes so people will notice that there's no Declan Hannan starting there uh, Dara Donovan Keen Lynch midfield Groat Hegarty David Reedy Tom Morrissey Seamus Flanagan Aaron Galan and Peter Casey you don't think Hannan's going to start? No and if we were listening carefully to Ashley O'Reilly's interview with John Kiley he may have given away the fourth secret of Fatima it sounded like Willow Donoghue was going to be the better for his performance um, against Galway and will be at six on Sunday this this is important, right? This like um, because they because they won and because they always win and they always find a way. We sometimes underestimate the impact of individuals. Like last year, things wouldn't have been as close if the full Keen Lynch uh, uh, experience had been there in the final. But Kilkenny really rattled them and had them going the whole way. Taking Declan Hannan out in those final few moments when Kilkenny get their purple patch. It does matter. I think Kilkenny have a chance here, lads. A big chance. And they're a better team than last year. Certainly, you know, I know they lost to Wexford on the 28th of May, which seems a bit mad because Wexford are now looking for a new manager. And that's the madness of hurling. But what Derek Ling has done with them in the last two and a half months, to undo Clare and to do it so well, um, you know, 20 different players on the pitch, never let up. 
uh, interestingly, Seamus Hickey said last week that the physicality that you're looking for with teams is, you know, how close can you get to the action? How close can you get to the player on the ball? And Kilkenny against Clare, it was constantly hooks, blocks, aggression, physicality. That team is completely different to the team that played last year in the final, I would say. And it's completely different to the team that played Limerick in the league And when I was down in Parky Kiev. Like that game doesn't even exist in the realms of this year's championship. So you have Kilkenny unchanged from the semi-final if everybody is fit and available, essentially. I That game was practically pitch perfect for Kilkenny there would be no player that you would take out of that 15 uh, in terms of their work rate in terms of what they achieved against Clare um, So why are they a different team? Explain that to us In terms of their distribution of the ball and their use of the ball and their mixing up of short and long play they're not direct anymore they they have options. They have a running game. Um, and then you have five players coming into the setup in the last 20 minutes. Walter Walsh, Keen Kenny, Podrick Walsh, Richie Hogan, um, the, 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 who is the last, Killian Buckley, who gets the goal against uh, Galway. Those five players to come in in the last 20 minutes against Clare and really settle Clare. By comparison, Clare only bought in three subs and brought on Aaron Shanahan in the 71st minute. I think Derek Ling knows this team inside out and is getting every last inch out of them the evolution from last season it's it's impossible for us not to compare and contrast the Cody era and the Cody style but it does feel like Derek Ling has taken that as a foundation and built on it as opposed to ripping up the playbook or you know uh, it's not it, it always feels like it's an implied criticism of Cody that his team didn't do what Derek Ling's team is doing but maybe you've got to go through that process to get to a point where Everybody has buy-in. Everybody believes that they can take a bit more out of the ball. Everybody understands that they have what they need to do uh, in their in their locker and in their skill set. And then also, lads, you're not going to beat Limerick doing what you did last year. Yeah, I felt they were a little too direct last year. They didn't score enough last year. I know. I think they scored two seventeen, but I, that still wasn't enough. From the point of view of, I suppose, the injuries that Kilkenny had in the lead up to this. They've kind of hit form at the right time. You know, Adrian Mullins back, Richie Reid is back. I was really impressed with Hugh Lawler at full back. Owen Murphy is titanic in inside and goal. Derek has hit a sweet spot with this Kilkenny team. And even Richie Hogan sitting in, sitting behind the behind him in the Davin stand the last day. Like he he annoyed Claire so much in those ten minutes that he was on. They couldn't leave him alone. You know, that's that's the kind of, I suppose, um, what we're looking for from Kilkenny is options and uh, a bit of spontaneity and Derek has that in spades with them. There's been so much talk about how to mark uh, Aaron Galan, Sarah, whether you, you get in front of him, you, you stay behind you him. You can't. You can't really yet. <laughs> probably the David Clifford conversation all over again. But will Kilkenny be obsessing over that or are they more, more so as Ling, just a focus on ourselves type? So I think here and, and with this group, uh, Ron O'Gara talks about themes and narratives and you know with La Rochelle he, he talked about focusing on the bigger picture and you know having somebody come in and build a theme for the players to gravitate towards as opposed to just focusing on Leinster the team and I think for this group for Kilkenny it'll be more about stopping that legacy that four in a row chasing Limerick team that great Kilkenny team from 2006 to 2009 did something incredible and you know I suppose no team has has done it since the, the 40s so they're the standout team for Ling and for Kilkenny I think it's not so much about stopping Aaron Gillan it's about a team for performance and focusing on motivating the players to, to focus on 
that that big team performance that stops Limerick from getting a four in a row. The All-Ireland medal will be amazing, but I think for them right now, they have to focus on something else. Well, it's a really good point, and I kind of hadn't thought about it that much in the build-up to this, but like this Kilkenny team has the potential to become one of the favourite Kilkenny teams of all time. If you stop the four in a row, you're like, well... Well, all those debates about who would be in the starting 15 between the Limerick team and the Kilkenny team. Well, now all of a sudden it's like, well, we've got the... We've, sorry, did you, did you do a four in a row? No, you didn't. This, this, exactly. This stuff matters. In, <laughs> look, these are counties that have won... Sorry, in Kilkenny, where they've always won and they've always hoovered up all Ireland like dust. Uh, these, these, the, like, that's an inspiration that like, uh, I, as a Kildare person, have no access to. Uh, you from Cork definitely have access to it. Um, Not since the 1940s, actually. So no, but, Cork done such a thing. <laughs> but imagine, imagine if like there was a Cork team that comes next year and stops the Limerick five in a row. They would then be considered one of the all-time great Cork teams just for being the spoilers of that party. And that's enough. That's enough yeah. for those Kilkenny lads. Standing on the shoulders of giants. You can imagine if they stop that on Sunday and you've Tommy Walsh coming down, JJ Delaney. Like the, the joy that those Kilkenny lads would have as a unit it wouldn't be just the 30 lads it'd be the 100 lads that came before them and all of, yeah. all of a sudden you walk into a room with those lads and they have not all Ireland but you're like yeah but we, you know we're, we're just as good as you now because we stopped those lads being your equals there's like a there's a bond and there's like a, a little bit of bragging rights full narrative that's the yeah. theme that's the narrative that's the theme I'm actually I'm heading to Bally Brown on Friday night lads with uh, future all-star Adam Screeny and Johnny Pilkington and you know that, that awfully story still lives uh, to this day so it's like that it's finding moments you know fi- winning individual games um, that, that means so much to, to individual counties From the Limerick perspective they do have individuals who could grip the game and win it on their own and Suckle County needs really to make sure that supply lines are stopped that that's why the forward effort on the ball that, that's why everybody being alert when the puck out is happening or when the ball is going wide and trickling wide there's not like a God, we've got like a split second here to relax because all of a sudden Quaid has the ball and it's out to Hegarty and it's in the back of the net and you're like oh, we switched off for a split second and it's game over yeah I, I think from that point of view that that's why I've put Garrett Hagerty back at 10 I think he needs to be the out ball for Quaid and that he needs to be very sharp on that. Um, from Kilkenny's point of view, Billy Ryan, they suggested last week, didn't go as well against Clare as he would have liked, but his work rate was in- incredible, you know, and, and that's the kind of work rate that you're going to need to stop the likes of Barry Nash coming out with the ball, the likes of Mike Casey coming out with the ball. You saw what Kilkenny were able to do to Clare because they had the spare man with Richie Reid being the spare man in that first half and how they were able to do really good restarts and find space and pick out pockets there's going to be no spare man the next day. It's going to be man on man and every player is going to be touch tight as physical as they can. It's going to be a rip-roaring contest. How how important is it, Sarah, that um, Kilkenny don't rush into decision-making because, you know, after the, the final last year, I think Limerick get the first goal in two points. Hegarty obviously gets the goal and ends up being unbelievable throughout. Um, but but Shefflin in, in that semi-final certainly seemed to panic when Limerick got a couple of scores. He changed from the two up in the, in, in the inside forward line and reverted back to one. And some people felt that was maybe the turning of, of that semi-final. So sometimes, I guess, when you're playing Limerick, you just can't panic when things are going against you. Yeah, I think 
Kilkenny having to go two behind against Clare and the momentum shifting to Clare in that semi-final is the perfect example of them not panicking mm. or them being two points down against Galway in the Leinster final and not panicking. They're just workhorses. It's next ball, next ball, next ball. They've been in so many situations this season where they could have lost and should have lost and they haven't. Uh, they're primed for this. And there's no real fear factor. Like Derek Link kind of referenced that this week in, in some of his uh, media bits. Like... Limerick this year I guess before the semi-final I don't think they'd won a game by more than two points so the fear factor that was there maybe two three years ago isn't quite at the same level I'd agree I, I think that this Limerick team because of the exposure that the, kind of they had in that first 25 minutes against Galway it's probably chipped another bit of uh, I suppose enamel off of the off of the chariot that was was so strong you know they're there's so much about Limerick to love, but we've seen weaknesses right through this championship. Um, Tipperary caused them hassle. Cork caused them hassle. Clare caused them hassle. Much more hassle than we've seen in previous seasons. So if I was Kilkenny right now, as Paul Murphy said in the hurling pod, you know, you're going up there thinking, I can win this. And Kilkenny are going up there thinking, yeah, we have a chance. We have a massive chance here. The opposite side of that, of course, is that Limerick have been battle-hardened the whole way through in a way that maybe in previous years they haven't. And so they're going to feel pretty confident about their ability to think their way through whatever difficulties they have in the match. And they haven't so far been overawed by any of the history they've been creating. In many ways, it's actually inspired them. So um, like I, I know we're all really keen to talk ourselves into thinking how close this is going to be. But there is also a possibility that we're we're waiting for that signature performance from Limerick uh, this year and it might also be coming. Saving the best to last, perhaps. Um, it would be a fitting end for for that group if they do manage to do the four in a row. They do deserve to do the four in a row in terms of what they've given to the game over the last four years and how they've revolutionised it. But isn't that the whole thing with Kilkenny? They spoil all the parties. So from Limerick's point of view, you know, they will be process-driven. I think they'll have learned a lot from the Galway game. I've picked Keane Lynch at midfield because I think he will be key there. Um, he was playing very deep in the first half. And when I say very deep, he was very close to the Galway goal in that first half against them. Um, I think he needs to be closer to the Limerick goal uh, to support Will O'Donoghue if Will O'Donoghue's playing at six. And he did that so well in the second half. I think that's the reason why uh, Galway were beaten. The the Kenny strike the depth. I'm just looking at the bench that the the lads t- that took off the bench in last year's final against Limerick. So Fogarty, Walter Walsh, uh, David Blanchfield, Richie Hogan, and Alan Murphy, uh, Murphy and in injury time come off the bench. But like even in that semi final, like the strike and depth they have now compared to then, even like again you have Walsh and Hogan, um, Killian Buckley's there, Billy Drennan is there. Like so, the options that the Derek Ling has seem to be more improved than last year, even. Yeah, well, look, Connor Fogarty's you know playing playing midfield again mm. this year, revitalised and. You know what? What a what an interception um, against Clare early on when uh, it, block, it looked yeah. like there was a massive goal on. Um, but David Blanchfield's gone to five. You know Paddy Deegan at seven. Um, the five subs he brought on the last two sent you. Patrick Walsh scored a point. Uh, Keane Kenny scored a point. Uh, Killian Buckley comes on. Walter Walsh comes on. Richie Hogan gets two frees down in the corner. Like those five players in the space of the 44th minute to the, I think, 70, the 70th minute, that was a crucial, crucial spell where Clare were very much in the ascendancy and those five players added massively to Kilkenny. So having those to come in and then you've got Tom Phelan scored a point, Billy Ryan had a point, um, Hugh Lawler gets a point from full back. This 
Kilkenny team knows each other so so well and then Captain Fantastic in the corner on Cody 1-5 uh, that's, I, I think this game is primed to be a spectacle now there's, there's two right, one last bit right if Kilkenny win this they're a team of destiny with the last minute goal in the Leinster final and the all time greatest save ever in the semi-final but if they lose we'll be like ah it was a kind of a fluky way for them to get through here right <laughs> <laughs> no no I don't I don't agree with that I've been watching both teams since February this is a long beat you know this is like seven months of of hurling and I'm going to be gutted that this day next week hurling will be dust inter-county hurling will be dust the club season will be getting up and ready but these two teams there's no surprise that they are where they are right now Um Kilkenny have learned so much throughout the season and some of the performances this season were, you know, hand over your eyes stuff. And I was very, very critical of them during the league. But that semi-final performance is the best team's peak last, lads. Is Hurler of the Year, to coin a phrase that's been used in the last week or two, a foregone conclusion at this stage, Sarah with Galan? Or wow. is... <laughs> is uh, like, like if Cody, if Kilkenny win and Cody plays well, like could that change or has it already been decided, I guess? It won't be decided until after Sunday. Yeah. Those 70 minutes. And I don't think Gillan would take the hurler of the year if Kilkenny won it. Uh, that's the type of player that he is. I think he will need to have a pitch-perfect performance to to deserve that. And uh, no better men than Owen Cody or TJ Reid to, to steal the line right there. Uh, so you're predicting what exactly? <laughs> Limerick but Kilkenny have a big chance <laughs> off that fence sir come on I do believe that's uh, riding with the hair okay I'm going with Limerick okay I'm going with Limerick I'm going with Limerick I'm going with Limerick right yeah I'm, okay yeah done and come here, sorry, Limerick. Uh, what, what number is on the jersey we'll ask Sue Ronan why it's not a, a, a lower number if you want us to a little bit later on here this is the squad 18 18 in the squad I got in by the skin of my teeth but I was from Cork I was so far away yeah <laughs> Yeah, Sue will be like, who? Uh, yeah. Colum, Colum's, uh, uh, yeah, Colum's nodding his head there. <laughs> What's I, that? What does that mean? Oh, he agrees. He's from Cork. It's like, it's the, it, it was Roy Keane. Couldn't get in an Ireland team until he came up to Dublin. <laughs> Fairview Park, they, they went they went as far as Fairview Park to watch him and he was really good in a 3-0 defeat when he was underage and that was the only time he got selected for Ireland. I'll give, I'll give Sue credit. There was, I was playing in, um, in Bishopstown and there was a lad named Darren Kelleher was down to watch a couple of games and then you get the nod. But then you got the nod by post. I got, an, I got a letter to be told I was getting an invitation oh, to lovely. Dublin. But that is class. Like you, I, yeah. I presume you still got the letter. Somebody, you like the- and uh, Yeah. All of the letters. Uh, there was there was three or four of them over that season where you'd be literally waiting for the postman to be told you got selected. So they, it, it's a super memory to have. But uh, she did break my heart after that. So Oh, go on. Sure, she's coming on in 10 minutes. <laughs> sure, she dropped me for the 2003 campaign. So there you go. You also get a letter to be told you're not selected. Oh, right. That's not great. You're like, oh, yeah, the letter with the postmark from the FBI. What? <laughs> Yeah. There you go, lads. That was that was two thousand and two. So the end yeah. of the end of your Wham scrapbook is, uh, <laughs> is is a sad one with a sad smiley face. It is, but I I have a huge respect for Sue. Still, I think she's class. So Good there stuff. you go. Thanks a million. Enjoy the game, Sarah. <laughs> Thanks, lads. Cheers. Bye. OTB AM, the Sports Breakfast Show from Off the Ball.